When Mrs. Park said no, a passionate movement was begun. No longer would there be a reliance on the law. There was a higher law. When Mrs. Parks brought the light of hers to expose the evil of the system, the sun came and rested on her shoulders, bringing the heat and the light of truth. Others would follow Mrs. Parks. Four young men in Greensboro, North Carolina would also say no. Great voices would be raised singing the praises of God and exhorting, exhorting us to forgive those who trespass against us. But it was the Pullman Porters who safely got Emmett to his grand uncle and it was Rosa Parks who could not stand, the, stand that death. And in, not, and in not being able to stand, she sat back down. Snippet from Nikki Giovanni, Rosa Parks from Quilting the Black Eyed Pea. I am Stacy, And I am Adila. Welcome to our podcast, A City at Our Table, Present and Black. A podcast to empower, motivate, educate, and entertain our kinfolk as we discuss everything from our current events, adulting, politics, our careers, and everything in between from our unique Black female perspective. This week, we are going to engage in a deep breathing exercise. So wherever you are, if you're able, go ahead and close your eyes and take a deep inhale in through your nose and hold it in your belly. Exhale out through your mouth. Take another deep inhale in through your nose, bringing in positivity and light, holding it into your belly, let it out through your mouth, taking away negativity and self-doubt, and one more deep inhale in through your nose. Holds all of that affirmation into your belly and let, let it out through your mouth. And with that, we say, I am successful. I am successful. I am successful. All righty. So this week's isms. So... I'm going to go first. My ism, um, I think it kind of ripples off of a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago where I like to have noise in the car. You like to ride in silence. And I realized this the other day that I can't sleep if there's not noise. I need, like when I was in school, my parents didn't let me have the TV on while I slept. So I would have the radio on all night. And so now as an adult, I have the TV play on in the background while I sleep. And if it's not on, I wake up because I am engrossed in my thoughts and the TV or like some type of noise keeps me from thinking endlessly and allows me to go to sleep. I can get that. That makes perfect sense. Do you sleep well though with that extra energy vibration of the TV? I sleep much better when it's too quiet. That's when I wake up because, and I have like a notepad by my bed. Cause I'll wake up with like thoughts and ideas and stuff. And then I'll start, I'll start working. And so I have to turn the TV back on. Otherwise I won't get any sleep. You'll I've always working. been like that. Mm -hmm. Like even when I was younger, I would have, I would have a notepad. My dad bought me a, a notebook with my initial on it. And if the radio back, you remember back then when the TV would like go dead at night. <laughs> and so it would go silent and I'd wake up and I'd just start 
writing stuff out or like writing out goals or doing homework or spelling words or whatever. And I couldn't sleep if it was quiet because my brain would be working. So you'd turn it back on mm-hmm. or change the channel so you can go back to sleep and yep. stop. Yep. That makes sense. It's you know, they, they say that, um, well, I guess that's not true for, that's why I love statistics. Cause it's not always a hundred percent of the population. <laughs> It's always like maybe like 80% of people and then you're part of that other 20% who, who's not affected by um, that extra vibration from the TV. Like it doesn't bother, affect your sleep. Mm-mm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, my husband on the other hand, he hates it, but I win. <laughs> <laughs> maybe right. turn it, maybe get you a little personal TV by the nightstand on your side. It's a little tiny TV or something. I, you know, I used to. So before I met him, I didn't have TV in my room because I feel like when you have a TV in your room, it makes you lazy. So not not that I'm judging anybody who has a TV in their room. But when I first met him, my I didn't have a TV in my room. I had my little iPad. And so that would be what I would quote unquote watch TV on. So I wasn't just in my room sitting in the bed watching TV all day. Um, and so when we got, we moved in together, he was like, it doesn't make sense for you to be squinting your eyes, watching TV on this iPad. We should get the big TV in the room. And so now we have a big TV in our room, but I always have it on like one. I don't have it on like 15 or whatever. It's not like super, super loud. It's just enough for me to have some type of noise in the back. And like, before you say anything, white noise does not work. I've tried, like, people are like, oh, you don't have to have the TV or the radio. Try white noise or try, um, like, the little deep breathing stuff. It doesn't work. Like, I need conversation to happen outside of my head. Otherwise, I'll be like, ooh, what about this and this and this? And I'll I'll be up and I'll have bags under my eyes the size of Texas. So do you have, does the TV ever affect your dreams? Like, what's on TV, you'll start, it'll go into your dream think so because like the stuff that I watch is like it's stupid like mind dribble like I think I put on like family guy in the background like nothing of a substance um just like I said background noise but no I don't think so I've never I don't I don't remember like waking up and being like oh my god I had this crazy dream because of what was going on on the tv Mm-mm. okay and like it's 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 quiet. Okay, this is gonna sound really crazy. It's quieter to me when something is on. Does that make like? Does that make sense? It. I get the concept. I do. Okay, so that's me. That's my ism. I know it's weird, but hey, I am does it comfort you to have that noise? Yeah, that you're blanky. Yes, absolutely. That's it exactly. It's my com- It's my safety blanket. Hmm. All right, so that's my ism. What's yours for this week's days? Um, ending conversations quickly. So when you're on the phone and the conversation's over, you know how people are like, all right, see ya. And then the other person's like, all right, bye. Okay, take care. And it, it could go on forever. So <laughs> it's just like, when we're done, we're done, click. Let's move on with our lives. That's it. And my um, an acquaintance from high school used to do that. And like, we were super rude us folk from up yonder. And I didn't know that until I went down south. <laughs> um, 
And she was a lot more abrasive than I was, very rude. And she would do that. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, why? like, I don't understand. Um, this was in high school, but it makes perfect sense. And as I got older, when conversations just wouldn't end, it got irritating. Like, oh my, I can't deal with this. So I would just start hanging up really fast. And yeah. I, like, I get it. I get it. She makes perfect sense. So whatever. That's it. <laughs> you do hang up super fast. Like sometimes you'll hang up and I'll be like, we weren't done. And I'll have to call you back. We were done. <laughs> You'd be like, chow. <laughs> be like, hello. Did you yeah. answer? Once we, we, we confirm that this, this conversation is ending. All right, see, all right. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's, that's it. That's <laughs> funny. But I feel like that's just you. That's just you and your efficiency. You're a very efficient individual. I'm gonna call it that. <laughs> like, I don't, I never like thought anything about like, damn, she'd be hanging up the phone. Like she'd be, you know, ending conversations quick. I just be like, I thought she just didn't like awkward goodbyes. So you were just yeah, like, not, too. not doing it. That too. Yeah, that too. It's, it's weird. <laughs> Good grief. We done. We said it already once. <laughs> okay. This is off topic, but what about when you're leaving and you like hug somebody like six times? It's like, okay, are you leaving or not? Because like I've given you five hugs already. And you know, I don't like to be touched. So the first hug might not even happen. So <laughs> what if it's your mom? That's different. That's different. Like I, I try sometimes to, cause I know people, you know, they like that. <laughs> strangers. I don't get it. I'll try sometimes. And it's so awkward. I'm like, this is awkward. Why are, why are we touching each other? It makes no sense. <laughs> why? You were something else. Give you some bath and let's keep it moving. That's hilarious. What are you going to do when my daughter wants to hug you all the time? She'll have a limit. Like if she goes overboard, I will tell her like, little girl, like <laughs> you can't do all this, but it, it, it'll be different, right? That's so much different. How? I'll hug the little bean. Cause she's a little baby. <laughs> what about baby. when she's a teenager? She can hug me. She'll have her limit. She'll know. We'll have a we will communicate our boundaries to each other and we'll know. Okay. Like go hug me 37 times, little, little girl. Because she's always gonna be a little girl, even to me, when even when she's like 30, little girl. Yeah. No. I can see that. But well, she'll know. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Maybe I'll get mushier as I get older. By the time she's um, you know, in her twenties, I might be mushy. You know? I'd love to see that. I don't. <laughs> I would love if, to see. But if that's who I am, then I want to see it too, because right, otherwise I'd be dead. Right? <laughs> oh my god, that got dark really quick. Dark as facts. Oh shit. Okay. All right. On to this week's ramblings. So we're gonna talk this week um, about saying no. So, what were you taught about saying no as a kid? I was taught if something isn't right, speak up. And if it's no, it's no, that's it. And don't be afraid to sell somebody no, to tell somebody you're uncomfortable. Cause I, you know, no sometimes is said because of maybe some discomfort somewhere, like something ain't right. Mm-hmm. No, we can't do that. Um, or no, this can't happen. So I've always t- was taught, don't be afraid to say no. And if the people, whomever, to whomever you're saying no, they have a problem with it, come back and tell me, my mom would say, you know, mm-hmm. so she can handle that. 
Right, as mothers do. Um, I was taught something similar, but then I, this is going to sound really, really horrible. I, I guess I was also taught that there was a place, a time and a place to say no. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't tell your parents no, right? You didn't tell your elders no. If if yeah. your parents told you something, if an adult person who was responsible for you at that time gave you an instruction, you were not to say no. The only thing that would come out, out of your mouth is yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, that's it. So there was not this empowerment to say no unless you're you felt violated in some way. Physically, not emotionally, because your feelings didn't matter. Yeah. Um yeah, but that was that was how I was brought up. Like there was if a teacher told me to do something, I was supposed to do it, even if I felt, even if I thought it wasn't fair, even if I didn't like it, even if I didn't agree, I was at school to learn not to show my ass, as my daddy would say. And <laughs> there was no such thing as no as a child. Now, as I became older, I feel like my parents helped me navigate, you know how to say no thank you but it was never really an affirmative no I don't think I found that voice until um adulthood I feel like it was always there but I I got in trouble for it a lot because I wouldn't (laughs) say no I would just kind of rebel and do my own thing Mm -hmm. but um I used to get in trouble a lot for for that as a kid that's funny. So you didn't use your words. <laughs> you used your actions. Well, because I was told you couldn't say it. And so then I would just do <laughs> things. Right. <laughs> just do it differently. <laughs> Which leads me to my next question. Um, when did you decide that it was okay to say no to your parents? Or did you ever? Hmm. Like if they needed something. So no meeting, go wash the dishes. No. Or, hey, I need you to help me with X, Y, Z. No. Like anything, like any, no. Mm, well, it depends because if the directive mm-hmm. was to go do a chore, you go do the chore, right? right. And no huffing and puffing. So <laughs> that can't be no loopholes or nothing. You know right. plan that. Um, <clears throat> but <clears throat> as an adult, I don't, I don't know if I ever decided it was okay or not okay. It was just whatever the op- the situation was, if no was the appropriate response and not just the words, no, you know, you got to give a um, reason, massage it. Now nah, you got to massage it. Like, well, you know, right now is not a good time. Um, call me back or I'm studying or I can't do it mm-hmm. right now. Right. <laughs> so I'm not saying no forever. I'm just saying no for now. Um, okay. But my um, parents have never, asked me anything crazy where mm-hmm. I was uncomfortable and I just couldn't do it and I had to say no and if there is asking me that or if there's like a situation where boundaries need to be set mm-hmm. sometimes you don't even have to say no you just say you know what I gotta go mm-hmm. and you you either don't pick up the phone when it rings or you determine when you're going to call them back or be in their presence um just to keep those boundaries. But I don't know if I've ever said no. Hmm. As a child, you know, obviously we probably tested the waters. Oh yeah. Now, now, now. That's probably our favorite word at some point in time. But I don't think I've ever said 
no. Like no, and that's hmm. static, final, and we're done. Wow. If she, okay, maybe if my mother asked me, do you want something to eat or no? Or but she that's does different. that. Right. And she'll be like, are you sure? Well, you know, I can make you something real. Oh. You know, is it? No, I'm good. I don't, I'm, I'm good. Like that was when right. I would, you know, say no. But anytime, anything else, nah. So I, I think that's interesting just because you've lived life a little bit longer than I. And you've not gotten to that point to have to tell your mama no yet. And I have had to tell my no quite a few times in my adult life. And it wasn't until recently, actually, because <laughs> my husband, he's he's been the, um, I don't know what you want to call it. He's been the... I want to say catalyst, but I feel like that's the wrong word for a lot of my change and development as a woman, mm-hmm. because he's, I didn't realize that when I got around my siblings and my mom, we all revert back to our childhood selves. Mm-hmm. Like we'll do things and we'll be like, mommy, Latifa did <laughs> the X, Y, and Z. He's like, y'all 30 and 40 years old. Like why y'all over here? Why y'all right here whining? And I was like, but we did. We just we went to this like we went to we reverted back to children, even though some of my nieces and nephews are in their twenties. Like when we went back to these like very you know adolescent ages, and um, we did anything that our parents asked us to do. And not that that's, there's anything wrong with that, but at some point, I guess when you have your own life and your own family boundaries have to look different and sometimes Mm -hmm. parents don't always like that because it feels very different to them and so Mm -hmm. that's when I had to start saying no to my mom and and it wasn't like this disrespectful like no you can't have this it was just like this I'm sorry that it can't be like it was but things are different for us now and so this is how they have to be so the answer is no, <laughs> but I still love you right. type of thing. And so like, that was really different for both of us because like my mom for 30 years has been used to me just doing whatever she told me to do. And then I remember her just basically being like, no, I don't think you should live with this guy. And I was like, well, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do because I'm an adult and I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey. It's like, are you are you talking back? And I'm like, I'm not talking back. I'm just telling you that I am an adult and I'm going to do this thing. And you can't say anything about it. And like, I think it was basically like a slap in the face to her because she was just like, I know, fuck well, you're not talking back to me. Like you've never like like I said, for 30 years, any any and everything she wanted, I've always done. So for her for her to tell me something and I'd be like, I'm actually not going to consider that. Thank you so much for your suggestion. Have a blessed day that was that was um hard in our relationship and it shifted um you know the way that we interact with each other even now because like even now she'll try like even that after I have my own children and she's you know and I'm grown I got a whole husband she'll still be like you need to do it this way and I'd be like okay and she's like you're not gonna do it are you and I'm like no and she's like you don't listen to anything I have to say and I'm like okay (laughs) like I can't you know she just, she still wants to have control. And she, I mean, she's still my mom, but she's not the boss 
oh, like even that sounds like, oh, it hurts. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> like even that hurts a little bit because like we were, we were raised, we're like, your parents are the hierarchy. Like that's who you look to, that's who you respect. And so when your structure changes, it's really difficult. And like, you know, I'm the only other person or only other girl that's married. My other sister, my oldest sister is married, but the other two, they're not. Um, and I asked my oldest sister, Malika, I was like, you know, how has it been for you being married and having this, you know, power dynamic shift with our, with our parents? And she was like, it was hard for me too. She's like, cause I had to start telling them no so that I can tell my family yes. Mm-hmm. And she said that she went through the same like power struggle with our parents where it's like you have to shift from appeasing them to take care of your family and it's hard because that's not how you're raised wow that's interesting Mm -hmm. my mother's never been a boundary crosser Mm -hmm. um like some parents they can be very all up in your business everything and they think they get to rule Mm -hmm. your family you know she's not like that that's good yeah, because like, like, she might make suggestions and just be like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's it. I've learned to say, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, I don't have to do what you say. Right, right. And you and you don't, but see, and like, don't get me wrong. This is not a mom bashing, right? Oh. But like, I just, I think it's so funny because like, it'll be like, I gave you a suggestion and you didn't do it. But I'm like, but it was a suggestion. I don't have to, right? But I think it's just, it's it's different for them. I mean, and as I, as I get older, I see it too with like my nieces and nephews who used to look to me for everything and had to do what I told them to do. And now they're all, you know, grown and in college and paying their own bills and you tell them something and they're like, oh, okay. And they do it their, their own way. And I'm like, see, this is why I fucked up. Cause I told you what to do and you did what you wanted. And I'm like, that's probably how my mom feels is like, yeah. I'm telling you what to do and you're not doing it. You want to make your own choices and mistakes and you don't get to, I'm still your mom. So I mean, I get it and I understand, especially, you know, being brought up with that respect thing. So to her, it's not a boundary that's being crossed, but because for a parent, they've not changed. They've always been our parent, but for us, we've changed because now we're able-bodied citizens and adults and we want different leeway and responsibilities. And it just, this is the way of the world, I guess. Everything shifts. Sometimes I think, I get my role mixed up because, and people have said it too, like, <laughs> like <laughs> even strangers, I, I won't say strangers, like, well, people I don't know, but my mother might know. And then just be like, because they've called me Mother Hen in the past because I'm thinking I'm running something. I can see that. Um, <laughs> when, it, when it has to do with my mom and how she chooses to live her life, I might be more of the listen. <laughs> told you this already now if you don't do it that's your fault but with my um my brother like like is is that his mother when he was younger like, oh not <laughs> my sister my head that's how I had to make it work out for me <laughs> that's funny well and then I you know that that's just that um you know that caregiver that nurturer 
that comes out you know because I, I do my mom the same way like if I'm calling her and she don't answer I'll be like so why the fuck you got a cell phone if you ain't gonna answer it mm-hmm. and she'll be a with company and they'll be like who she's like that's my baby girl I'm like I don't under- like I paid a phone bill Carol why are you not answering the phone <laughs> do I need to be turned off like what's the problem and she was like oh I was at the garage sale why was your phone not on you what if you were at a murderous house yep. Yep. And she'd be like, I need a little goodbye. Like, she'd be like, I am grown. <laughs> like, don't be trying to check me. But I mean, we just, you know, we, I think, like you said, we, we shift roles sometimes because, you know, they protect us and we have to protect them because we only get one mama and daddy. And that's it. That's right. That's funny. So you said you never really had to say no to your mama and I've had to say no to mine. No, because like I said, I massage it. My no isn't. No, no emphatically it's just you know not right now or oh, okay <laughs> <That's it. laughs> my oldest sister has also perfected the oh okay she'll be like y'all get so upset when she be trying to tell y'all stuff and i just be like okay <laughs> back in the day it was different you learn tools to help you know to get through it and mine is all right okay, okay. That's it. maybe it's my need to be heard and valid and you're an older sibling I am the youngest sibling so my voice was not always validated so I'm just like no you're not gonna tell me (laughs) and I'm gonna say this and it's going to be heard and it's going to be respected goddamn so I think that may also have a lot to do with this that my like like I am I'm here like hear me roar type of thing that's funny okay what about saying no at work when did that like when did you feel comfortable doing things like that um not first not when I first first started out you know fresh out well I've been working since forever um (laughs) I think when I started the longer I was in the workforce the Mm -hmm. more and I saw how things operated how you know just things aren't right um human resources is pointless Mm -hmm. so you have to advocate for yourself and part of that advocating is nah I'm I'm not we're not doing that so yeah, no, emphatically. And, and currently, no is my favorite word at work. It's my favorite word. And I got a new team last year during this whole pandemic. And when um, one of my managers came on board, um, I told her, because my, my staff sometimes they have a problem with saying no. <laughs> and they'll just start agreeing to stuff. And like, no, we're not, oh, can we do this? Can we get that? Yeah, okay, sure, shouldn't be a problem. Mm-mm. I tell them, say, we'll look into it. I'll check with Stacy or, who, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll get back to you. And <laughs> so that we had to drill into their heads. So when I got this new team, I told her, I was like, my favorite word is no. That's my first response when people ask. Um, and she was like, she started laughing. She was like, oh, me too. I was like, oh, yeah, we work. <laughs> we need this can we get that no she was like I need to know why you need it first why are you asking me this because you might just be asking to be asking for the fun we're not doing that we have time um things to do so it's my favorite word at work I have no problem saying no and you know some people depending on title if there's like someone senior president or CEO they you know they feel like they can't speak Mm -hmm. up Mm -mm. I have no issue with that I have people don't like it I don't care right (laughs) you pay me to do a job I'm going to do it and if that means telling you no or you can't have something then that's what it means 
I can appreciate that. So I, I don't, I, mm, this is going to sound really horrible. So I had a problem saying no to my parents. I had no problem saying no to, <laughs> to complete strangers, which is probably why I, I hopped jobs so much. Cause I'd be like, I don't have to take this shit. Like, I, I don't have to do this. Right. And I, because I joined the workforce so young and I, in addition to being young, I am a lot shorter than most people. So people look at me and they see me and it's like, oh, she's the baby. I can tell her what to do. And I say no a lot. And I've had so, like I've, in so many jobs, I've had people tell me like, you need to be nice. If somebody asks you to do something, you do it. And, and I, I remember one supervisor I had, I literally pulled out my job description every time she asked me to do something. And I would be like, no, it's not in here. <laughs> I can't like I just I don't understand like I don't know what you want me to do nowhere in this job description does it say whatever comes off the top of your head so don't come in here asking me to do things outside of my job description and she's like well everybody else would do it we'll go ask one of them right solutions I'm like if if everybody else do it why you want to be able to do it like I don't that means you got eight other people who will do it for you Mm -hmm. so I and I like I've, I've been fired because I wouldn't conform I've had to quit jobs because I was like this bitch gonna keep trying me and I just like I had no problem saying no and my mom would be like at some point you just gonna have to do what these people are asking you to do and I'd be like but I well we interviewed for this job <laughs> this is not what you said that you needed from me so I'm not understanding why I gotta go outside of my job duties or my scope of understanding to appease you and your needs like if my job is to be the butcher then I'm not also going and mopping the motherfucking bathrooms that's not in my job description you want me to cl- clean the meat with my hands and then go clean the toilet that's not how that work pick one you can't have both so that i've always i probably said no at work too much and so now <laughs> i well i work for myself now so i ain't gotta worry about that shit but i i just i I've always said no. And my mama hated it. She'd be like, I really wish you would just do what the people ask you so you can get your check. And I just, I was like, you ain't finna silence me at home and at work. Like, I, I gotta have a voice somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. But, and I, I I teach my um my nieces and nephews to do something similar. Like, I have another niece um, who takes after me a lot. <laughs> Like she's probably like the spitting image of me and my attitude. Cause she'll call me and she'll be like, I see these bitches be driving me at work. I'm like, you just need to calm down. <laughs> I'm like, just take a breather. She'd be like, they keep asking me to do things. It's not in my job description. I'm like, oh honey. I don't and I don't know why people do that. Why do they feel like the younger that you are, the more they can manipulate you and get away with things? I just it's really unfortunate. But I oh, control issues. Yeah. And that happened to me at work because I was usually always the youngest person. Mm-hmm. They look at me, I'm walking in the room and it's automatic. Oh, you're, you're not qualified. You're too young. You can't mm-hmm. possibly be in charge of anything. Mm-hmm. And when they find out, I, you know, back in the day, it's like, huh, what? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe it's an ego. It's a hit yep. to their ego. Like you, you done been here and you tried and you couldn't do that. Right. You yep. couldn't do what I'm doing. And so maybe it's an ego thing and they want to control the situation. And 
when when you're the minority, quote unquote, in those rooms, you have to be seen. Yep. You have to know right off the bat, this is how you're going to treat me. Mm-hmm. And these are my rules and boundaries. If we can coexist, great. Yep. Not then you're just gonna have some friction and I'm not changing for you. Absolutely. I think I think in what like is this is not a black and white conversation, but I think what makes it worse for me is when it's a black woman who's doing the challenging. Mm-hmm. When like because <clears throat> I've had supervisors who are black women who want to have this like power struggle. Yeah. With me because I'm because I'm a young black woman and I'm just like, sis, you can keep like you can keep this job because I'm just here for a short time. Anyway, this is not my end game. Like, obviously, you want to live here. That's fine. I'm just here to pay, pay a couple of bills and then I'm out. But I like I think that's what makes it worse. Because like, you know, we get it from the from the white men supervisors and we get it from the white females. But I think it like it hits different when it's a black female that you're getting all this pushback from. And I hate when they try to do it like, oh, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to teach you the way up so that you know you know how to how to handle yourself around excuse me your our um our white counterparts. I'm like I don't need you to teach. Like what about my face says I need you to teach me something? Mm-hmm. I don't because if I needed you to, I'd ask you. But I don't need you to teach me nothing, ma'am. It's a shame. It's really a shame. We could be so much more a force to be reckoned with if we mm-hmm. would band together for real, for real. Yep. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've ever had any serious incidents with Black women in the workforce. Serious. Mm-hmm. They've been, you know, they sometimes they can be a little as if it's a competition. There's only room for one of yep. us. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, boo. There's room for all of us. It's Hunger Games. Yeah, so you, you get that vibe. But, mm-hmm. dang, that's so unfortunate. That's like a whole other topic. Dang it yeah maybe next week but so I was when I was working at this hospital here um when I moved here to Georgia you know fresh from LA and remember back then my hair was like platinum blonde like it was very yellow and I was my little stand-up natural and I remember walking into this building and there were a couple other black people there but none of the um the higher ups were black everybody all the higher ups were white and I remember walking in and like the, the, the black people who saw me, they were like, oh shit, they not, not only did I hire a sister, but she's natural with the blonde hair. Like how she, how she get up in here? Cause I was like in one of the most conservative parts of Georgia. So I, I remember working there and like, they had this white lady, you know, show me the ropes, which I thought was interesting. Cause most of the staff that were on my team were black. And I was like, how do you pick a white lady from the other team to train me? Anyway, she ended up training me. And I think like after like two months of being there, um, everybody was having to stay late I was leaving every day at like five and I was like why are y'all staying late and they said oh well we had to and I was like uh, no. <laughs> I was like I didn't anybody told me I had to stay late and they're like oh yeah everybody has to stay late and I was like oh okay so the manager never told me I had to so I just kept le- I just kept leaving and I remember one day the manager saw me leaving and he was like oh where are you going I said home it's five o'clock and he was like, oh, okay, well, we're all staying late. And I said, okay, well, I'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And they were like, everybody looked at me. They were like, you just left. And I was like, well, he, he still never said, I need to stay. So the next day he sat me down and he was like, oh, well, how come you didn't stay when everybody else was staying? I said, no one ever told me I had to stay late. When I was interviewed, you told me when my hours were eight, from eight to five. So at five o'clock, 
I leave. I have to go pick my child up from school. So I can't stay. And they were like, oh, okay. And so I guess the people, ha- people had been there for like years, staying until seven, eight o'clock at night. I'm not doing that shit. Mm-hmm. And they were like, how did you get a loophole? I didn't get no loophole. Ain't nobody telling me to stay. Mm-hmm. Y'all sitting here, ain't nobody else said no. Everybody's too afraid to say no because, oh, I'm going to lose my job. They're asking you to do something that's outside of your job description. They're not paying you overtime. So why are mm. you working on these free hours? Yeah. They sitting there working. T- I see y'all tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, and one lady, she drove just as far as I did to get home. She was like, I would like to leave on time. Leave. What they going to do? Lock the door? Mm-mm. Cause I and, and I know they was they were so happy when I left because I was up in there shaking up shit. They was like, oh, you got to take a lunch break at this time. I'll take a lunch break when it's my lunch break. Mm-hmm. I was in there doing all types of stuff. They was like, oh, well, we just need somebody to do X, Y, and Z. You can get one of the techs to do it. I'm a therapist. Therapists don't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we need X, Y. I am not a tech. You want me to pay the tech? I can pay the tech for you, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> we just need somebody to clean up the pee in the hallway. I can call a nurse. Well, you just right there. I can call a nurse. Nurses get paid more than me. Hell, that ain't my job. Now, I'm off. You to clean pee in the hallway. Are they standing next to you, asking you? Because it, it, that implies that then just go clean it. Right. Come yeah. on, somebody. <laughs> I was like, look, y'all got me straight twisted, and I, I was, I was saying no. And so after a while. I had this one white uh, therapist, she would just follow, she would just go with me and she'd be like, oh, we said no. I didn't say no. We don't have to do it. <laughs> like, I think her daughter was my age, but she was like, I didn't say we don't have to do it. I was like, I'm not. Whatever. I was like, if they fire me, I'll find another job. <laughs> I don't care. And then I'll get unemployment. I'll go sit my, my ass down somewhere. That's unfortunate. That's just how the culture is in a lot of organizations. It is. They feel like once you, once they hire you, they own you and you don't have a voice. You can't do or say anything. And that's it. And I'm like, anything outside of my job description I do is in the kindness of my heart. And if my heart ain't feeling it that day, that's, that's too bad for you. That means the answer is no. That's so funny. I've had the opposite. (laughs) My old director, the old director rather, would always be like, you need to leave, go home. (laughs) You're going to burn yourself out. I'm like, I just know I want to get it done because I'm going to come back. It's just going to pile up mm-hmm. every single day. Just about why are you here? So it's, it started, she started, she would leave three o'clock, mm-hmm. 30, she'd go. Um, and I'd be like, yeah, she'd just be skipping up out of here. No problem. All willy nilly. She had another job, but we found out. Um, and so she started staying late just to make sure I would leave. Mm-hmm. And I still wouldn't leave. I'm like, I'm still not going to leave. Even if you're here, I have work to do and I want to get it done. Um, so that was the opposite. That's funny. <laughs> See, I, I think I had one. Well, I mean, now that I work for myself, I work all the time. But I think I had one job before where I would always give more of myself. Mm-hmm. But even there, like people people don't appreciate that shit i mean you're working yourself to the bone and then when you're gone they're just going to replace you so why am i burning myself out working myself into oblivion for a paycheck i can't take this money with me and when i like all this time i'm spending you know that that's what that's what i had to you know learn from myself because i was when i was working that job i was always sick and I didn't have any free time. And I remember my cohort sisters were like, 
bitch, we in class and you doing work for them. Are you getting paid right now? I'm like, no, I just got to finish this assignment. They be like, that's not even what you're supposed to be doing. Like, so I had to get to a point where my free time and my, you know, sanity was more important than a deadline, which is a very hard transition to make because I'm a perfectionist. But, you know, it just, it's this little fine line we we dance. Mm-hmm. Mm, 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 mm. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this week's ramblings. Any announcements for you this week's days? Nope. Okay. My announcement, I think I said this last week, I'm doing a 30-day filling myself cohort with my um, company, The Dr. D Effect, for women who want to increase self-esteem, self-confidence, and self-worth. If you are interested in that, you can contact me at um, info at thedrdeffect.org, and I'll put that email address in the description box um, for, our, for our Survival Skills 101. My survival skill this week is no no matter big or small, always take steps to go forward. Awesome. And mine is embracing good character and having the integrity to match speaks volume. So Mm. govern yourselves accordingly. Awesome. All right. Thank you for listening to A Seat at Our Table. Present. Black. Peace.